0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. How God sees us. Um, it's an interesting question. And uh, I thought of bring a, a pot of planted plants, flowers, and Robin didn't have one. But I went and picked it up. It was like so heavy. I went, no, I won't carry that on the stage. But have, maybe you've you've planted out a, a a flower pot or or a bed of flowers or vegetables or or something in your garden. Yeah, as a parent, probably your preschooler has brought home a seed in a little paper cup with with soil in it, and it has germinated that that thing. You see it sprout and probably die as you haven't watered it, and uh, uh, you know how it goes. And whether it's vegetables or flowers, there's something amazing about the idea of a seed, a little tiny, tiny little seed that produces something amazing. Whether it's, uh, like, like like I said, flowers or vegetables or trees or shrubs or, or whatever it is, it's amazing when you place those tiny little seeds in the ground, you water them and, and you look after them and you wait for something to, to sprout, to germinate, to send down its roots and send up its shoots. And, and I don't know if you've ever tried to grow a garden at some stage. And it, it's really rewarding. It's, it's lovely. It, we stay in a wholesale nursery at one stage in our history. And uh, it was so much fun sowing seeds into a, a, a flat tray and putting it on a, a heated uh, bed that would actually heat it up in a little hothouse and watching what, how many seeds germinate as a consequence of that and looking after those seeds and then potting them up into little tube stock and then into pots and then and then seeing them grow into something significant and and you know then you, if you I mean, we didn't do this but then you plant them out and and you see them grow into something amazing I, I don't know if you've actually built a house we've built a house at warner's bay it was on a a clay block and uh and it was difficult to get established, the plants, because it was on clay. And, and you had to, we had to work on the soil so much. We went and got bucketfuls of seaweed and washed it out and and, and dug it into the soil and got manure and, and, and fertiliser and all sorts of sand to, to try and break down the clay a bit more lime. And uh, so we built up the soil until the time that you actually planted that thing, it actually just took off because it was so amazingly, you know, the, the, the nutrients in the soil were so much there then. But it takes patience, and it takes work, and, and you have to sometimes water, and you have to weed, and you have to trim, and you have to prune, and you're fertilized, and you have to thin it out, because all of a sudden you've got this bush that's gone crazy, and you have to cut things out, because you've got too much there. And we're going to look at a video clip here this morning, and we will look at the long clip, Max, if that's okay, from the shack. And, and it's, the main character, Mac, is uh, invited into a sort of a garden, and uh, uh, and to set things up, Mac has just stormed out of a conversation with Papa, the black lady, and uh, and and he's angry and then looks like he's had a gutful. He said, look, oh, this is weird, I'm out of here, and it he looks like he's going home. And, uh, and this is where this film clip starts. So let's have a look at this, thanks.
1: Looking for the way out? If you are looking for your truck, it's up that way. Just beyond the trees. You might need these, though. Thanks. Just to be clear, we're not justifying anything. We'd like to heal it, if you'd let us. Before you go, there's something in the garden. I was hoping you could help me with. For tomorrow's celebration. A celebration. If you want to know, you'll stick around. This is wild. <laughs> that isn't the word in your head. Okay, this is a mess. It is, isn't it? It's so beautiful. There's something very special I want to plant here tomorrow. To prepare the ground. Dig up all the roots, or they'll return and harm the new growth. But this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You can start over there. Okay. deadly what's it doing here if it's poisonous you're presuming that poison is bad Uh on its own the sap from this twig would kill you but combine it with the nectar from this flower and suddenly it contains incredible healing properties Let me ask you, how confident are you in your ability to discern good from evil? Usually pretty obvious. And your basis for something being good is what? Well, if it helps me, or the people that I love. And evil? It's harmful. It's someone I care about. So pretty much you are the judge. Yeah, I guess. Have you ever been wrong? Or changed your opinion over time? Sure. And there are billions like you. Each determining what think is good and evil and when your good clashes with your neighbor's evil arguments ensue wars break out because all insist on playing God you weren't meant to do any of that all on your own This was always meant to be a conversation between friends. What do you think? It's still a mess. (laughs) Yes, it is, Mac. Wild, wonderful, and perfectly in process. This mess is you.
0: this mess is you so many great lines in that movie my goodness you know and uh and mac obviously decides to hang around a bit longer um if you're joining us for the first time this morning, we're using The shack, this movie, as a catalyst to raise discussion and points of, this, you know, on some tough, big questions in our lives, and and that's the the idea of using this movie. You haven't seen it, as Rob said, go and see it at Coles and Woolies and Kurong, um, online, iTunes, all those sorts of things. Um, we'll just be watching a few short clips over these next few weeks, just to help uh, provide a greater uh, context and deeper conversation about some of these points. Um, yeah, and the shack is like a modern-day parable. You've got to understand this. This isn't bi- this isn't the Bible we're talking about. This is a parable, like Jesus told, in, in throughout the the New Testament. You know that he uh, of stories of people and of situations and things that helps us deal with uh, some some biblical understanding of things in our lives. And it's fictional, it's imaginative, it's a representation of a really personal story of, of how this man deals with the pain of losing his daughter and how we find healing and how it might be like to encounter God at some stage face to face. And it's based on this New New York Times bestseller, 22 million copies it's sold, um, and it's talking about this, this father's spiritual journey. And he receives this mysterious letter in the mailbox, and look, it could be the killer. This is the thing you've you got to uh, and it looks like it could be God or it could be this killer, and he goes to the this shack, which is a representation of our pain and, uh, and and meets this trio of unusual people that represent the godhead and uh, Last week, we tackled the question, "Where is God when I need him the most?" And uh, we explored some of those tough questions, those really big questions about, you know, what can I say to God? What, what, what questions can I ask? What, in the midst of my pain, what is this all about? And this week we're looking at how, God, how does God see me? And, and what I'd like you to consider this morning, you know, that song we're singing, God loves us. I, I would have loved to have sung that, that chorus, that bridge probably, God loves me. And see how comfortable with you the idea of singing that song, God Loves Me. Because you know what? We're not good at that. We're not good at that. We're good at putting on the performance of loving God. I'll come to church. I'll praise and worship. I'll I'll pray. I'll do all these things. And this is so I love you to show my love for you, God. But turn it around the other way. How are you at accepting God's love for you? To sing those words God loves me and not cringe on the inside. Because I think the truth is for us, um, you know, uh, we, we respond sometimes with perhaps joy, confusion, doubt, fear, maybe guilt, maybe shame. If God really knew me, if God really knew what was going in, on in my heart, I don't know if He would love me. I, I don't know. I, you know, if I let God in, because I'm afraid of what might be inside there, I don't know if he'd love me or not, you know? Uh, maybe he'll see that I'm, that, that I'm a bit screwed up inside, that I haven't got it all together. Maybe he, he'd he get angry with me, or he'd punish, it, punish me because of that, that darkness inside. Maybe I'm afraid that I can't do anything about that pain, about those things in my life that I can't control, and where are you, God, in this? Maybe you're mad at him, blaming him for a situation, for something that's happened, for a pain in your life. And we've all experienced that. And maybe it's a little bit of all that. Well, we can be a lot like Adam and Eve in Genesis. We're going to look at Genesis 3, verses 8 to 10. And it says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Now, God didn't need to ask, where are you, by the way. He knew exactly where he was, but he wanted Adam to respond in this process and realize that he was afraid. heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Now, here's the deal. Do you think maybe that's, the possi- that's possibly the wrong perspective? Could it be that God sees beauty in our mess? Even in the mess of stuffing up, even in the mess of Adam and Eve making bad decisions, and, and that's my first thought this morning, based on that film clip, that the God is in the midst of our beautiful mess. He's in the midst of it. He's got a different viewer, a different perspective on it than we have often. You know, I don't know if you you noticed that video clip where Mac and Sarayu were in the, the, walked into the out of the forest into the garden. And Max says, wild, you know, and she says, no, no, that's not really what you're thinking. He said, okay, it's a mess, you know, And, uh, uh, and to him, everything looks wild and out of control and overgrown, maybe not necessarily ugly, but lacking any sense of order or at least any order that he can see. But Saraya sees things quite differently. She agrees it's a mess, but she says, so beautiful. So beautiful! I hope you get the chance to watch that movie more than once. You pick up stuff the second time, the third time that you didn't pick up the first time. There's so many great, great thoughts and and considerations in that. Let's go back to the first garden, the Garden of Eden, Genesis one verses uh, one. Uh, 27, 28, verses twenty, oh, and then 31 as well. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And then it says in verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. It was very good. All he made was very good. And, and, and it gives us an insight into God. Did he see Adam and Eve? How did he see them? How uh, did how'd he see humanity? How does he view you and me? He views us as good or very good. And you might think, well, yeah, that was before Adam and Eve stuffed up everything. You know, they, they, they mucked it all up and brought sin in the world. And that's true, but sin has consequences. It always does. And it broke the, the perfect order God had created and, and that face-to-face unity we've got, we had, would have had with God. And it brought that separation. But did it change God's view of us? I don't think so. I don't think so. Remember, he created mankind in his own image, and the truth is that God can't lie. And and the Bible shows us this through a few verses we're going to look at at the moment. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14 and 17. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. And then God's perspective, Isaiah uh, 43, 4. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I'll give people in exchange, nations in exchange for your life. Did you catch those words, those descriptions? Precious, honored, love. Sounds to me like God thinks of us as good or very good. And and Jesus shared a similar perspective in Luke twelve, uh, verses six and seven. He, he he talks about the care and the love and for God has for mankind and for creation, including us. And uh it says here are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid; you are worth more than many sparrows. Don't be afraid; you are worth more than many sparrows. Just, just bringing some some uh, uh, empathy, I guess, to 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 his disciples at that point, and, and the Apostle Paul Lowe described God's extravagant love for us in one John three three one. It says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Despite the mess that our lives can sometimes look like, God sees beauty in what he has created in you and me. He sees beauty in the mess of what we're going through. I know that's difficult to get, understand. That's a difficult perspective to understand. But he's not looking at a snapshot just like there. He's looking at the whole of eternity when he does that. He does, he, in the midst of our pain and our tragedy and, and our mess, sometimes, when, when we stuff up, the truth is that God loves us. He sees us as even a beautiful mess, <laughs> even though we can't sometimes get that. He sees beauty in what He's made. Um, you know, it, it could be like this uh, like a diamond in the rough like a buried treasure, like a gemstone in need of a polish, like a garden in need of some tender, loving care. Um, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use. When God sees you and me, he sees beauty of what he created and what he wants to do in you and through you and reveal to you and to work through you in the process. You see, that, that line's so beautiful. That's what he's saying about you. I know that's cringeworthy. To hear that, but he's saying that about you and about me, so beautiful. He loves you so much. He loves us so much. I want you to catch that this morning. I know it's hard to hear sometimes. Here's a different view. There's beauty even in the mess of our lives, even in the way we stuff up. There's beauty in that. So how does God see me? So beautiful. The second thought is this. God sees us as abiding in Christ as abiding in Christ. How does God want to outwork this beauty in the mess? It's through relationship. It's through relationship with you and with me. And, and it's between us and God. And it's the way it began in the Garden of Eden. God visited and walked and talked with Adam and Eve face to face every day. But what was the lie that the serpent sold the first couple? What was the lie? It, 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 we'll look at the scripture that, that says that out of Genesis 3.5. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And at the core, the, the, this lie that claimed that we didn't need God, that we don't need God in our day-to-day life, that you could actually be God, you could be like God. If you did this thing, if you eat from that tree, you could actually be God. You don't need God. You could do it all on your own. And, and that choice drove a wedge between Man and God. And, and he, here's the thing I thought about. Isn't that the same lie we tend to believe today? Isn't that the same lie we tend to face every day of our lives? You'll be like God. In other words, you don't need God. You can judge what's right or wrong. You can follow the path that seems best or easiest or most fun or convenient or the self-interest or the whatever it is for you. You can follow that path. You can make that choice. It's the same lie from the garden, exactly the same lie we need to deal with in our lives. And it's such an interesting thought. You know, and maybe that works for a while when you choose you all the time. But what happens when millions or billions of people make choices that make the feel best for them in the process, for themselves personally. And, and what happens when my right contradicts You're right. And what happens when my good opposes your good? And when you see my good as your evil? (laughs) Conflicts arise. Wars start. Brokenness spirals out of control. You know, and I, I don't know if you've sensed this at the moment. It feels like that's what we're in right at the minute. There's this absolute war going on. There's this brokenness that's just breaking out everywhere. And, and and I just think we're right in the midst of this at the moment. And we've got to choose not self interest, but God interest. What what's God words? What what does God's words say? What what is it saying? What what is it for us? What is it for our church? What is it for our nation? What is the thing that God is speaking to you and to me about? The truth is um when Mac and, and Sarah, you were, were discussing those same ideas in the garden. Did you, did you catch that? You weren't meant to do any of that all on your own, she says. This was always meant to be the fruit of a relationship, a conversation between friends. H- have you ever viewed your relationship with God as a conversation between friends? It's a little bit difficult to get our head around, I reckon. But God desires this organic, living, breathing, constant, life-giving relationship with us that's ongoing and intimate, and and he wants to help us navigate the choices in life. He wants us to to help us overcome those challenges that we encounter. And, And it's resting in his love and allowing the healing process in the midst of our pain and our confusion to start to happen, the process but we have to be willing to trust in his ability to do what's best for us and through us, for us. And, and Jesus gave us a great metaphor for this, a garden-based metaphor uh, about our relationship, about abiding and remaining and staying connected and, and our life-giving source and drawing everything we need from him out of John 15, one, verses 1 to 4. It says this, I'm the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I've spoken. Do you remain in me as I remain in you? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear, bear fruit unless you remain in me. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. <laughs> but then it says he prunes even the ones that were fruitful. And often we, we, we view pruning the pruning process in our lives as a a painful process when we're cutting off something that's even might be fruitful but but in this context Jesus is using he's saying look we cut off those branches what for to produce more fruit sometimes we go through life through pain through hurt through circumstances for a purpose for more fruit in our lives it's just that we can't see the fruit when we're going through the pain when that pruning post process happens we're not getting where God wants us to go in this process. And there is a purpose in the process. We've got to believe that. We've got to trust in that. You know? There's this renewing process that happens. You know, that... that as the removal happens, as there's a clearing out of the old, making space for the new, the withered remains, make, makes we take that out and put in the you know, space for that new growth to come. And I guaranteeing you, in my life, every time there's been a prune, there's always great benefits as a consequence of that. There's great fruit. There's great abundance comes as a consequence of that pruning. As long as it's by the wise gardener, by the gardener I trust, not by some other gardener, by someone else who's pruning me. It's no, no. God, the wise gardener, he prunes me in my life. I'm telling you, there's always fruit as a consequence. Even when you question it in the midst of it, going, what is this all about? It produces new growth, new fruit. Hmm. So maybe that comes back to this idea of the gardener. Do we trust the gardener in our lives? Do you trust God? Do you really know that he's there for you and for me? His, he, that his love is truly good, that he does find you and me beautiful, mess and all, he wants to abide, us to abide in him. He wants us to abide in him. So that's this is that's the second third, thought third third, third, third thought. Get my words around the right way. Is this, that God has a high vision for you and for me in our lives. He's got a high vision and that's the third point high vision. God is inviting you and me into true and authentic relationship, into a healing relationship, into, you know, a, a situation that we don't even understand. Now Matthew 11:28 to 30 goes, "Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you." and learn from me and I'm gentle and humble in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the New Testament Jews understood this yoke thing really well because that was part of their everyday life, where oxen or cows were, were yoked together in this double harness thing, usually wood. And and the two of them connected together could carry way more than just one by themselves, or two singly, and they could pull so much more together. And and Jesus' invitation is to share the load as he walks besides us, as he carries our load, as he's teaching and guiding us and with gentleness and letting us rest on the way through. So we're not always carrying the load. Sometimes he's carrying it all. We're just walking with him and we're resting. And and it's a great picture of that in in the, the, the pain and the uncertainty and the mess and the everyday life. Who else would you want to be yoked to? You know, who else would you really want to be yoked to? As we walk with him, we can trust in God and where he's going. That He has got a bigger vision, a deeper understanding, a higher purpose. So often we can't see beyond the emotions and the circumstances that we're, that's in our face. And we talked about that last week about the, the pain tree and that there's, there's a forest of God's goodness out the back. We just can't see past the pain tree. And, and I'm telling you, God is good. And he wants the best for you. He sees you as beautiful, even though your life is messy. He sees you as abiding in Christ, in, in, in him. And he's, he's got a bigger vision for your life than you even understand. But we've got to trust and cling in hope to him every step of the way. See, Isaiah gives us this great, beautiful verse in Isaiah 55, verses 8 to, to 11. Give us the biggest perspective of God's perspective. And, and we're going to read it now. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, do not return to it without watering the earth and make it bud and flourish. So it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See God sees so much more clearly than we possibly can. God has got this eternity perspective. Our our perspective is so small sometimes, you know. And, and particularly when we get in a pain, tough situation, we get so focused on the pain, in the midst of it. And God's got a far wider view than than we possibly can understand. We'll probably never grasp his higher ways and thoughts until we fully enter God's presence in heaven. But we can accept his invitation and trust that he's working in our lives, in the process, to transform us from the inside out. Look, I'm just about ready to finish here this morning, so if the band want to come. But there's a great line in in the shack. Sarayu says this um, in the scene we watched. She says, Wild and wonderful, and perfectly in process. She says, magnificent. Wild and wonderful, perfectly in process, magnificent. That's a great God description for, of you and me. That's how God sees us, perfectly in process. Will you allow him to transform you? Mm. See, here's the thing. you know i love what sally bought this morning we we can live superficially we can live and pretend things are going well we can we can just put the mask on put put up the masquerade we can pretend things are awesome how are you going awesome life's great living the dream really no not really You see, we can be real and authentic with this stuff, or we can pretend. The truth is, God wants to get real with you. He wants to get real with me. He wants to deal with that stuff in your life that you're not prepared to deal with. Because until we get messy in the process, I'm telling you, we're not going to move forward. We're going to stay stuck. We're going to stay pruned, and we're waiting for the fruit and the abundance and all the stuff yet to come, and we're going, wait a minute. God... We're stunted, you know? We're just like that um, in a a tight pot, a plant that's been potted up and all potential, but it's put into a a small pot and its roots can't grow and its shoots can't take off and won't produce fruit. And church, I, I don't want to be a Christian like that. I don't want to be a church like that. I want us to be real and authentic with the stuff we're going through and to give it to God. In the midst of the mess, He loves us and He says we are beautiful. He wants us to abide in the vine in Him every day. He wants us to trust the gardener. And we have to know and trust that there's a greater vision for each and every one of us for our lives. There's a greater plan and purpose upon our lives for all that He has got for each and every one of us. Now, church... This is an opportunity. I'd like you to stand to your feet if you could this morning. And it's not between me and you. It's between you and God. So forget anything I've said. Whatever. But seriously, start to deal with the thing, that root. You know, they talked about the root, that poisonous root. You've got to get that bitter root out from your life before you start to produce the fruit and the abundance that God has got over your life. Until we get to that point, we're not going to move forward. So here this morning, I'm sorry if you're visiting here this morning, but, but this is something we do here sometimes. Uh, I'd just like you to raise your hands this morning. If you just raise your hands in worship, just raise your hands here. If, you if you can, if you can't do that, it's fine. But if you can raise your hands this morning, because I want this to be a, a prayer of surrender. I want to pray surrender to each and every person here because Every one of us needs to surrender to God every step of the way. There's a process. There's a process. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to surrender to you afresh. God, I thank you so much for this movie that that deals with so many things in our lives, God, the mess of our lives. And God, I thank you for the, the, the encouragement that you find us beautiful, even in the midst of the mess. You love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to this earth. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for that root, that the bit, the bit of root in each one of us for it becomes so clear, God. What's the thing that's holding you back from God? What's the thing that's holding you back from fruit in your life? What's that thing in you that you know is there that you've never dealt with? Well, In the name of Jesus, I just pray that you start to deal with that in the process. Yes, it can be messy. Yes, I understand that. And yet there's great fruit, there's great benefits, and a God that loves you in that process. God, we Holy Spirit, just bring to our mind, just bring to our heart all that you want to do in us and through us, God. Show us that thing that maybe we've been denying and and ignoring and, and leaving alone and just pretending things are good. Holy Spirit, start to do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Father, and and just one more prayer here this morning, just before we finish. God, I, I just thank you for seeds. The seeds have been sown over years and years, God. And maybe you're here this morning, there's been lots of seeds sown into your life. But perhaps you've made a decision in the past and somehow you've got off the track of following Jesus. Or maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, but you've never actually made a decision to follow Jesus public decision to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Well, here's an opportunity right now. As, As eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if that's you here this morning, say, Greg, I want to start this journey again or for the first time. I just want you to put your hand in the air and go, Greg, that's me. That's me. Come on. If that's you here this morning, just stick up your hand real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the seeds that have been sown into lives. God, for the abundance that is yet to come. God, for the fruit and and all the things you are going to do in our lives. We thank you for this opportunity to praise and worship your name and to look at your word and consider your word for our lives. We pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.